Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today we will be previewing the Ohio State basketball matchup with Michigan State upcoming here on Sunday, February 12th. Before I get into it, I always say this at the end of the show. I should probably say it at the start because I know every show we have new listeners. And if you are a new listener today, I do appreciate you. I would, however, appreciate you more if you were to subscribe, like, follow on whatever listening platform you use. I would ask you to do it right now. I'm not going to promise that you like what you hear, but that will give you the opportunity to see the episodes when they come up, previewing, reviewing Ohio State men's basketball games all year round with regularly scheduled programming. That way, you'll at least know when the episodes come out. You don't have to listen every time, but you'll see them. And if you're part of the first listen club, I thank you for that. Today, previewing Michigan State on this February 11th, 2023. Happy National Satisfied Staying Single Day. I can't relate. I can't celebrate this holiday with you, but if you're single and you're satisfied, today is for you. There's no way to segue into Ohio State basketball from that. If you're an Ohio State fan, you're probably not happy right now. Speaking of not being happy, Chris Holtman also not happy, but at least content. couple things I'll take you through today. Obviously, I'm going to preview Michigan State. We'll talk about their schedule, their resume, their team as a whole, individual performers you should be looking out for tomorrow. But before we get into that, I want to get into some post-game comments that were made by Chris Holtman specifically and Justice Suing as well. One thing I'll say, Chris Holtman, I've not been a fan of him. I don't know if anyone is a raving fan of Chris Holtman right now. If you're in that fan club, it's probably kind of lonely. You should probably join the fan club that doesn't hate Chris Holtman because that's a miserable place to be. But, and the one that's at least somewhat lukewarm toward him, which is where I will stake my flag. One thing I will say about Chris Holtman that he is not good at is explaining his way through this season. He has been at a loss for words. Seems like at the end of every game, the answers to questions typically have something along the lines to do with, I don't know, I'm not sure. If I had an answer for that, we wouldn't be talking about it right now because it wouldn't be a question because we would have won or done well, whatever. But when he doesn't, When Chris Holtman does not have a loss for words, he probably should. So after the game on Thursday night, if you missed it, Chris Holtman, for the first time this year, we see him get a little testy with a reporter. And for good reason, this reporter was pushing Chris Holtman maybe a little bit harder than you would like to be pushed as a head coach. But credit to that journalist in Columbus whose name I do not know. But he pushed, and he did his job. He pushed Chris Holtman on, essentially, why was Bryce Sensema brought off the bench? Why was he left on the bench for so long? Why has he been limited in his playing time? Here's the quote from Chris Holtman. Quote, it just was the rotation. Bryce is a freshman. He's being guarded by the best player. 
This is not an easy thing for a kid. He wasn't guarded always by the best player earlier in the year, but he's being guarded by the best player now. End quote. It's funny. It's really, really funny. You know who hasn't had playing time reduced? Bruce Thornton. He's still in the starting lineup. Roddy Gale still getting some minutes as well. And it's not the same because quote-unquote best players are not defending them the way that they defend Bryce Sensenball, and he's been the focal point of every single team's defensive game plan for weeks now. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a false equivalency, you could call it. But at the same time, I'm not sure that's the best reason for why Bryce Sensenball has not been playing. Sure, he's got more attention on the offensive side of the ball. Defenses are flocking to him, trying to allow him to do anything other than drive to the hoop and get open looks. I get that. But is there some truth to be told that maybe he's not playing as much because he can't stay out of foul trouble? Maybe he's not playing as much because the offense sometimes doesn't click as well with him out there. You saw the Wisconsin game. The offense played well to start the game. Pretty much immediately when Bryce Sensabaugh was subbed in, the offense didn't look as fluid. Something worth noting. However, the way Coach Holtman describes why Bryce Sensabaugh is not playing, maybe could have handled that a little bit better. Maybe a lesson or two from the PR department wouldn't hurt Chris Holtman. He could go walk into a class. I mean, he's on a freaking university campus, right? Just go walk into a PR class and learn how to talk to the media. Maybe a little bit better. He struggled with that mightily this year. That's a critique I have for him that really doesn't matter. How you talk to the media has nothing to do with how your team performs. But does a team buy into Chris Holtman this year? I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. It's hard to say. But it's not hard to believe that maybe they're losing faith in their head coach. And maybe a little more honest assessment wouldn't hurt on why Bryce Senzimbal did not play and has had limited minutes in previous games. Justice Suing, after the loss, he gave his take on it. I'll give one small note here before moving on. He said, quote, I feel like our team has been able to make strides in a lot of areas that we were struggling with a couple of weeks ago. But still, these tight games, when they're a couple possessions away, the team is able to go on that little run that kind of puts us over the edge on us. End quote. So here, Justice Suing is saying one really key thing. He feels like they've made strides, which I agree with. I, I, I understand where Justice Suing is coming from here, and I would agree. I think that in the past couple of games, the past three games or so, Ohio State has shown strides in improvement. Specifically, in the Michigan game and in the Northwestern game, Ohio State at least did not look awful. They have made strides, but he has a very good point. In these tight games, it seems like things always factor against Ohio State, and the Buckeyes just cannot do what it takes to win. And that's why they sit under 500 right now. Now, on Friday, Chris Holtman also spoke with the media on a Zoom call. He talked about how his relationship with Gene Smith looks, the reason why Chris Holtman will remain head coach 
at Ohio State. And he said he spoke with Smith months ago about how he wanted to shape the roster moving forward and essentially warned Gene Smith that bumps in the road could arise. Holtman said there was a mutual understanding there. I I have to noodle on this a little bit, and as I think about it, it's hard for me to be able to give a take, but I'll give a small take. There are teams out there right now in the NCAA that have roster turnover year over year over year and still continue to play well. Look at the number one team in the country right now, Purdue. Zach Eady, their best player, obviously he's been there for years. So that's not really a good example. But they've got some freshman guards, Fletcher Lawyer, a guy Ohio State fans know well. They've got some newcomers on that team that are contributing mightily to being the number one team in the nation. And you can list teams on and on who either get talent from good old high school seniors and get them to commit, or they go to the transfer portal. Ohio State has done a good job at getting seniors to commit and come play at Ohio State. Recruiting classes year over year have been very, very good. Where Ohio State and Chris Holtman has struggled is the transfer portal. Now, I liked what he did with the transfer portal this year. He went out and he got some guys, guys who we thought could contribute. They have not gelled. They have not meshed. And that is Chris Holtman's job, is to put the best players on the floor, match strengths with strengths, and put out a cohesive unit. And that's not something that he's been able to do. So he warned Gene Smith, kind of covering for himself, hey, I'm not sure how well this year is going to go. To say that to the public, he even said the conversation itself was private, so those details won't be shared. But to even share that with the public, I don't know if that's the best move. I'm not a Chris Holtman hater. I hopefully never will be, but I'm excited for March, and it's not because Ohio State is playing in the NCAA tournament. And that, at a school like Ohio State, is not a good thing. Ohio State's got to get off the schneid, and we're already looking to next year. Let's go to Michigan State, shall we? Enough about Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman under fire every day by Ohio State fans. I don't really feel like giving more time to that, at least right now. Maybe in the offseason. We'll have to figure something out. Michigan State. 15-9, and 7-6 in the Big Ten in the thick of a very, very tight Big Ten conference race to close out the year. If you watched the Ohio State-Northwestern game on Thursday night, it seemed like for some reason FS1 just wanted to shove down your throat the Big Ten conference standings. And if you don't have those memorized by now, You probably weren't watching, but it felt like every five minutes those were going up. Michigan State in the thick of it. They could grab a two seed. They could fall to an eight or nine seed. Taking a look at Michigan State's schedule, resume, to this point, they are a battle-tested group. Not only are they battle-tested this year, but they have some true leaders on this team who have been at Michigan State for several years. Joey Hauser. Super senior at Michigan State has been contributing for years for the Spartans. Tyson Walker, also a senior. A.J. Hogard, a junior himself. A lot of leaders on this team. Very experienced. But in terms of what they've run into this year, number one game of the year after playing 
some scrimmages against West Central Community College online campus. They took on Gonzaga, and they lost by one. Again, I I never weight very heavily games played in November, but credit to Michigan State for who they went up against to start the year. They lose to Gonzaga by one point if you play that game again right now. Does Michigan State win? It, it, it wouldn't be hard to believe that they could. Right after that, they beat Kentucky. And right after that, they beat Villanova. Back to back to back, really, really strong games. Playing Blue Bloods. Credit to Michigan State for that. Tom Izzo getting his team ready to rock and roll early. Then they went on to play Alabama and Oregon back-to-back days. Against Alabama, they lost by 11. They beat Oregon by 4. Alabama, not a bad pick to win the entire NCAA tournament this year. At least in my eyes, they're very strong offensively and defensively. Oregon winning by 4. Oregon, as of right now, is a team on the bubble, so it's a good win. For Michigan State, regardless, they then from there, we're still in November at this point. And these are teams that Michigan has not only faced, but beaten at times. They then go on to play in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They took on Notre Dame to finish off their true non-conference tests. And... It didn't go well. Notre Dame easily handled Michigan State in that one. And then Michigan State played a couple teams that are in no shape or form a NCAA Final Four Sweet 16 contender. Some mid-majors who they had their way with, as you would expect, took care of business there. And then they entered Big Ten play, and they played really well. Won four of their first five games Got wins over Penn State, Michigan, and Illinois in those first five games. They're a buzzer beater away from beating Purdue in mid-January, which was a really fun game to watch. Very close throughout. And they've also got a win over Rutgers. However, as of late at least, they've cooled off a little bit. They've lost three of their last five games. And, of course, I've played really, really stiff competition in that one, but not a team that is on fire, at least as of right now. As a team, analytics, pretty pro Michigan State at this point, ranked 42nd in Ken Palm, 41st in net. The funny thing about the Ken Palm rankings, Michigan State is ranked 42nd, and Ohio State still holding strong, still holding steady at 39th. Ken Palm says Ohio State is a better team than Michigan State. So you you take what you can with analytics as a whole. Michigan State is a good team. Apparently Ohio State is too, according to Ken Palm. Computers love Ohio State. If there's anything we can learn about this year, it is that computers love Ohio State. In quad one games this year, Michigan State is 6-7. and Not the best record. You get a couple more wins. You're moving up a couple more lines in seeding in the NCAA tournament. Overall, this is a solid team that most likely will be in the NCAA tournament unless something disastrous happens. As a whole, again, they're a 
an older team, an experienced team, offensively, they're not going to shock you. 74th in adjusted offensive efficiency. And then Big Ten metrics, not great. They're 11th in scoring offense, scoring about 68 points per game. They're 10th in field goal percentage, 44% from the field. They're a pretty solid three-point shooting team. As you would know, if you watch Michigan State all that much, they're third in the Big Ten, making 37% of their shots from behind the arc. But they don't take a lot of three-pointers. They're eighth in three-pointers made this year at just under seven per game. They're a solid free-throw shooting team, fifth in the conference at 74%. Now, defensively, this is where you should be impressed, and you should be really impressed when you look at the grand scheme of who Michigan State has faced this year. Right now, they are 26th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's solid, of course. And think about who they played this year. Offensively, some of the best offenses in the nation. Kentucky... Alabama, Gonzaga, Purdue, Iowa, all of these teams are in the top 25 in adjusted offensive efficiency. And there's some teams on that list who they've played who I didn't even mention because I didn't feel like saying even more teams. But taking on Kentucky, which has obviously had an up and down year, Alabama, very, very good offensively. Gonzaga, very, very good offensively. Purdue, probably the best offensive team in the nation when it comes to offensive efficiency and you put together all the advanced analytics computers love produce offense iowa of course a team that can light it up as well so facing all of those teams and still being ranked 26th and adjusted defensive efficiency really really have to like michigan state on the defensive end of the floor they're seventh in the big 10 In scoring defense, giving up about 66 points per game. They're fifth in the Big Ten. In opponent field goal percentage, giving up 41% of shots going in. And they put the clamps on behind the arc. They are the best team in the Big Ten when it comes to three-point field goal percentage defensively, allowing less than three out of ten shots to go in from behind the three-point line at 29% as of right now. Other metrics for Michigan State. They won't blow you away on the boards offensively, but defensively, they're the best defensive rebounding team in the conference. That's thanks in large part to Mauri Sissoko, who we'll talk about in a bit. But overall, they'll kill you on the glass defensively. That's really a strength for Ohio State is rebounding. We'll see how that battle goes, although... Obviously, Ohio State rebounding well has not led to winning, so I'm not sure how much that stat really matters. When it comes to taking care of the ball, distributing the ball, they average 11 turnovers per game, which obviously isn't horrible, but they're not going to force a lot of turnovers. They're in the middle of the pack in assists in the Big Ten, and they're also not a gifted shot-blocking team. So that's Michigan State overall as a team. Looking at them individually, they distribute scoring really, really well. I can tell you four players, one of those four players will probably lead Michigan State in scoring on Sunday afternoon, and they also have a very experienced team, especially 
at the guard and forward position. Let's start with Tyson Walker. He's Michigan State's leading scorer, so I figure I'll start with him. I'm not sure if he's their best player or not, but he's a senior guard for Michigan State, averaging nearly 14 points per game. He's 11th in the Big Ten, field goal percentage, and he can hit triples. He's one of Michigan State's most capable three-point shooters. As I said, Michigan State as a whole is a good three-point shooting team. Tyson Walker somewhat leads the charge there for Michigan State shooting the ball. But if you're going to pick anyone who probably leads the way for Michigan State in terms of shooting, it's Joey Hauser. You have got to be super familiar with that name if you've been watching Big Ten basketball for the past couple of years. This is a player who comes up seemingly every single season for Michigan State. He's again having a pretty solid campaign here this year. He's 17th in the Big Ten in scoring, 13 points per game, and then he's also averaging 7 rebounds per game, which is 10th in the Big Ten. Joey Hauser is your shooter on this team who can get hot. He can go out and score over 20 points. He's done it before. In Michigan State's last game, he scored exactly 20 points. He was 3 of 5 from 3. In that game, he scored 10 points in the game before that, so you cut that in half. But a guy who's very, very capable of scoring. And the thing about this Michigan State team is, if Joey Hauser isn't out there lighting it up, it may be Tyson Walker that night. And if it's not Joey Hauser or Tyson Walker, maybe it's A.J. Hogard. A.J. Hogard, a junior guard at Michigan State, another just talented player who has experience playing Big Ten basketball. He's averaging 12 points per game. If it's not Hauser, if it's not Walker, it's Hogard probably leading the team in scoring. 12 points per game is 25th in the Big Ten. He's a solid free throw shooter. You don't want to send him to the line. And he is the playmaker for Michigan State. He can distribute the ball. Almost six assists per game. 5.8. That's second in the Big Ten. And Hogard is a guy who... He will struggle with turnovers at at times, but when you play that point guard position and you handle the ball as much as A.J. Hogard does, you expect those turnover numbers to be a little bit higher. When he's assisting in directing traffic and dishing the ball out as much as he does for Michigan State, you don't really hate that number quite as much because not only does he score, but he spreads the wealth as well. Madi Sissoko. Another player for Michigan State, he's just strong. We talk about it every single game for Ohio State at the center position. They are small, and they are not strong. Zed Key is too short to naturally play center for Ohio State in the Big Ten Conference, but he's there. Felix Akpara, right behind him, he's tall enough. He's got the wingspan, but... You compare Felix Akpara with Madi Sissoko, and you've got a little bit of a weight difference there between the two. Sissoko is a junior. He averages 6.5 rebounds per game. He's not a big-time scorer, but he's rangy. He is so rangy. He's got such a long wingspan. He's very strong, and he's conditioned well as well. He attributes that to his time playing soccer growing up. 
But this is a guy who typically centers, like you look at Zed Key, not only is he hurt right now with the shoulder, but he also just, he doesn't quite play as many minutes because he's that typical center that needs to get some more time to lumber off the floor, take a break, drink some water, do what you got to do on the bench and chill out for a bit. Sissoko isn't as much that player. He's very well conditioned. He can go out there and play a bunch of minutes night in and night out. So you'll see him on the floor. He's not a gifted shot blocker by any means. He's more of a raw player, especially coming into Michigan State. He was a more raw player than anything. He had the physical gifts, but being able to put that all together consistently on the floor was something that was lacking. He's improved. He really has improved. You want to see him be more of an offensive threat, I'm sure. Michigan State fans would love to see that. But overall, a really, really strong defender. Outside of Sissoko, Michigan State, very thin there. And the only other player I'll mention, Jaden Atkins, he can shoot as well. He'll light it up. He's got the potential, especially as he grows. He's just a sophomore right now. He's got the potential to really become a a skilled scorer for Michigan State, especially as Tyson Walker leaves Michigan State, A.J. Hogarth, a junior as well. He'll get some playing time an increase here for Jaden Atkins as the years go on, and he's the player, I think, to look out for. So let's talk about keys to the game. I give this every single game, and it typically, I'm not going to say I'm a genius. You can, though. You can tell me I'm a genius. Typically, these keys, when Ohio State does them, I doubt they listen to my show. They should, though. You should definitely listen to my show if you play for Ohio State. That would be a really good use of your time. When you when you do complete the keys that I give, Ohio State seems to play well and have potential to win. When you don't do well in my keys to the game, you don't do well in the game in general. There may be no correlation there. There's probably not. But I'll give a couple ways that Ohio State can win this game. Number one is they've got to start shooting more threes. Ohio State had a horrible night shooting against Northwestern from behind the three-point line, but they only shot the ball from behind the arc 14 times. If you double that, you make two three-pointers, at least on Thursday night, but this is a team that can shoot the three-ball well. They have been able to pretty consistently all year. They just don't shoot it enough, and at this point, if nothing else works, we might as well just let them fly and try to make it rain on Sunday afternoon. So that's the first big key to the game. Take some more threes and hopefully make some more. Number two, you've got to take out Michigan State's guard play. I think that is going to be a huge key for Ohio State in this one. That's where they are the most strong is in the backcourt. Obviously, Michigan State has been known for years for the guard play that they've got. But I think specifically... In this one, if you can at least handle Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard a little bit and put more pressure on Mari Sissoko or even Joey Hauser, who plays more of a forward role for Michigan State, if you can force the guards to give up the ball and to not be able to play make, distribute the ball, and you really put the pressure on the postmen and the non-guards on Michigan State's team, I think you've got a shot to 
potentially limit them offensively. So it's two really simple keys. Contain Michigan State's best players and shoot more threes because at this point, Ohio State really all year has not taken a lot of threes. They're a good three-point shooting team. Chris Holtman has said before they need to shoot more threes. I think if they put up more threes, can it hurt at this point? You're well below 500. You continue to lose games since the start of the new calendar year. You've been really, really bad. Find something that works. And today, let's just throw up some threes and see what happens. I recognize fully that Michigan State gives up the worst three-point percentage, or I guess I should say best, the lowest amount of threes percentage-wise in the Big Ten. I don't care. I really don't care at this point. You've got to start shooting more threes. You're a good three-point shooting team. You've got players who can hit them. Start taking more and see what that gets you because at this point, what else is there to try? That's all I got for today's episode, a pretty robust preview of the Michigan State Spartans, where they've been, thoughts on Chris Holtman, all that stuff. If you enjoyed it again, please feel free to, don't feel free actually, feel obligated to subscribe, follow, turn on notifications, all those types of things. We'll look forward to seeing you on Monday morning for the Michigan State recap. Hopefully it's a win. Hopefully Ohio State can figure it out. We'll see. I truly am not too optimistic, but that's why you play the game. I'll give you my views from the shot after viewing the game again from the shot in Columbus on Sunday, and I'll meet you back here on Monday morning. Until then, go Bucks.